with the programming. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill Grundler. Wolverine. I'm surprised how much time we've had off and I didn't screw it up. Dude. Right? That was impressive. I think that was, there was so much time that you got to fall back into muscle memory instead of actually having to think about it. <laughs> you fucking went for it. Oh, what's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. It has been a hot minute since we have been on, but we are back and we have a lot to talk about. Because some big things just dropped in the CrossFit space. So what is wait, it? Wait, a couple wait, of day, wait, what? A couple of what? days ago? What are you talking what? what are yeah, you talking what happened? Space Wolves. No. <laughs> space Wolves. I thought we were going to talk about a submarine or something. I don't know what you're talking oh about. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't want to be, be insensitive, but the more things that come out on that thing. Yes, I'm like, exactly. What? I don't, I don't exactly. Know. Uh, it, what, you know, what's crazy is um, I, I didn't see anything about it at first and mm-hmm. it was my girlfriend that she was the one that sent me uh laura sent me information about it she's like oh check this out like tiktok videos or whatever and i just remember looking at it when i first saw it. i didn't hear anything about it like i don't watch the news bullshit i don't like i'm a i'm a i'm a different reality <laughs> a whole different reality i think you're own. in you're it. in reality that's where you are you are it actually in reality <laughs> could be and i'm watching it and i'm watching the tube and it had like um, it was like a, a couple of shots from like 2020 or mm. uh, the show 2020 or 60 minutes or one of those. Um, and it had, you know, showing the tube and what it was and how it was created. And I'm like, who the fuck would get in that thing? It's a fucking tin can. I, regardless no, of how it was put together, that no, small of like a that. thing, I'd be like, I am not sitting in here with five other people while somebody You're not sitting in anything. T- t- takes a shit in the front corner. You're uh, laying on the ground, and I don't. I don't mean tin can like it's a. It's a metal like okay, the yeah. metal thing, whatever. These are millionaires and billionaires that want to spend their money to go into this thing, and you're telling me, like most of the time, of the millionaires and billionaires, and I don't know that many billionaires or anything like that. There's no way that they would want to be in that thing in in any any sort of discomfort, <laughs> or not why- a chair. Put a fucking like lounge chair in that. Thing. Put a beanbag chair in there a for be- Christ's something. sake. Something <laughs> like you couldn't line it with like carpeting to make it a little cool. You're, you're sitting on metal. You're going to be in a metal tube, two and a half miles underwater. Yeah, come on. And man. yes, it, exactly. Wes, Xbox steered controller. by an Xbox controller. Like uh, okay, oh, Renata, I forget uh, that you are um, <laughs> uh, across the pond. Where were you? Like Czech or something like that. Uh, for those of you guys don't know what is going on, we'll put up this. Oh. Dude, but Laura showed me that stuff, and I'm and she was on it. 
You th- would have thought she was watching like a yeah. Dude, my wife is opera. all over that. Oh, that so stuff many too. Pillows? Um, if you guys wonder what my search history is like, just look at the first um, commercial at the top of this <laughs> news article. <laughs> and these are the things I look at on a daily basis because it's just rogue stuff. Uh, missing Titanic sub update. Okay, I guess they found five minutes ago the oh, wreckage. So we, oh, so now we're saying it's an implosion. So. Yeah, so they, there's a submersible, and you're supposed to go down and see the wreckage of the Titanic, and people have like this weird love affair with really a, just a horrific incident that happened when, what, the 30s? I can't remember when it happened, but it was this tiny little sub that you pay a quarter million dollars per person to just go down there and, and see it through a, a tiny hole at the front of a submarine, and there was five people in there um, yeah, a billionaire and maybe his son. I mean, they're older. I don't yeah. think there were any children in there, but the way if you guys got to look at this article and, and just go through like how this thing was pieced together, because at the very least, it's like it was a MacGyvered dude, 100%. submarine that yes, all these videos about how it was put together. And we're not even joking. Like it was controlled by an Xbox controller, and nothing was up to standard as far as safety factors. Some of the things that no, and they actually fired the guy who was one of the designers that said, "Hey, we did not test this. We can't bring put anyone down." This is when before it was called the Titan. It was called Cronus. Oh, wow. and they fired the guy that said, "Hey, we can't we we can't go on this trip yet." And this was like back in 2018 or 2019. Yeah, it's like you know, like we we're saying, okay, you're fired. Yeah, yeah. and. Like pieces of it were only meant to go to like 1300 meters of depth and they were going right. to like 2000 or anyways, Two and it's and a half miles. Yeah. And it's, it's horrific. Like 1912. Thank you. Way earlier than I thought, but yeah, it was crazy. Just it's that whole story. Nuts. Anyway. Um, but yeah, some other things happened. Yeah. Uh, cro- <laughs> Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we know where uh, Bill stands. <laughs> uh, breaking news out of CrossFit HQ as a couple of days ago was Justin Berg, who was the director of sport, who was placed in that position after Dave Castro initially got fired from CrossFit in January 2021. 20, uh, 22. 22. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, January 22. Uh, basically replaced. Dave in that director of sport position, even though director of sport wasn't really a job title until that turnover really was just the director of the cross of games was Dave's official title back then in which he was in charge of the cross of game season end to end. And I think Justin Berg's role in that department was being a sounding board with Dave Castro is basically Justin Berg uh, and Adrian Bosman as Dave's right and left hand. I would, uh, is that a, I mean, it's an oversimplification of the game. Yeah, team I, I think, I think, uh, at least from what I could tell Justin's role back then when Dave was still around was, um, the, not the games itself, but the, it's like the, the product, corporate the product yeah. of the game. So like yeah. it, I mean, that's kind of more partnerships, of a general manager. products. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what it looks like to the outside people, yeah. um, the, the working with contracts, know, the, the, the media stuff, yeah. the, yeah. All like the, the big end, the, the 10,000 foot view. 30,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when that turned over and then as of, what was it? Tuesday, Wednesday, when did this happen? Tuesday, Tuesday, Jeez. 
Uh, Tuesday, uh, Justin Berg has departed ways with CrossFit, as was informed by us via email from the CEO, Don Fall. Um, Justin had left his own farewell message uh, as well, and I don't think that's been circulated, but it is that he's been moving on from CrossFit and that Dave Castro is effective immediately, which was a quote from there, is stepping into basically the director of sport, which was Justin Berg's position. And we're going to talk about that today. I'm wearing my OG hat. There you go. Because Ken is in the chat. If you guys yeah, love Ken. her, if you guys love her gear, uh, shout out to Ken and Sherpa Works. I, I saw um, on Brian Friends Be Friendly Patreon because I'm a I'm a supporter of uh, friends in our space. He has a preview of his games colorway gear that uh, they all put together. It's pretty sick. It's he gonna be sick. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty sick. Uh, and speaking of, I know Ken's in the chat, not to speak for him, but uh, we should probably start brainstorming what we want to put out on the old OG line. I know. We, we need to, man, I tell you what, we, I think we got a little derailed with the, uh, um, with all the semis and stuff going on with all that. It was really hard to focus on that stuff. Ken did a great job. I mean, you, if you were mm. at any of the, Dude. The, the West Coast, or the West or the East um, North America regionals, and he was there, and the, the Just Show Up, like that shirt. The Just Show Up is sick. It was so cool. Like, if I were to rank our, I mean, we don't have a whole bunch of different shirts and, and gears, but like, I mean, OG is my favorite because that totally. started the movement. Yeah. Uh, but the Just Show Up, I think, is a close second. Yeah. Like I love the cult because that's who we are and the cult's a sick logo and it's uh, our mentality, but like OG and just show up like that was beautiful. And I think because Chad, exactly Chad put that it together. Is. Yeah. Um, it was great. And so I, I, I love that. And so we'll see what happens at the games, but uh, yeah, yeah, MILF is my favorite. Yeah. That's it, that too. <laughs> God, we totally missed fucking father's day. Yeah. Speaking of, fine, before we get right? to, uh, Dave Castro, how was your Father's Day weekend? Dude. So let me, I had, that weekend was a trippy weekend. Good, mm-hmm. but very trippy for me. So my oldest daughter um, graduated from Oregon State University. Graduated? Graduated. Dude. Yeah, it's nuts. I thought she just got to high school. <laughs> no, dude. Like, that's what's so nutty. Um and uh me and my daughter me and my oldest daughter we have a we have a rough relationship so um whether we are talking or not talking like i'm dad and i'm always going to try to see what i can see what she's doing try to keep up on as much as i'm able to find out or whatever and so i knew that they were going to be um broadcasting the uh the graduation ceremony on their website. So I'm oh, like, that's okay, cool. cool. I had Jolie with me um, for the weekend and I'm like, Hey, we're going to watch, we're going to watch um, Lex graduate. And I'm like, how am I going to see any of that? Like, this <laughs> is impossible. There's no way. Yeah. But we're watching it and I can see all the graduates coming down. And in, once they get all of the, the kids in, they said that there were 7,500 graduates happening at this one time. So they have the gigantic Oregon State Stadium, mm-hmm. all of the graduates on the bottom. They got a doctorate and master's and, and then all of the, uh, the undergrad kids. 
And as they're coming down, there's one shot where like all the kids are filing down from outside on the campus where they line everybody up into the stadium. And it's a wall of kids. And I'm just kind of watching it. And I can kind of I can see the schools like there's, you know, engineering and then there's business and then there's uh, the school of uh, public health and safety and, then mm-hmm. the, you know, all whatever. And I'm looking to kind of see I'm like, man, there'd be no way I'm thinking to myself. There's no way I would be able to see. There's like thousands of kids I'm looking right. at. Yeah. And as I am saying that, dude, I look up at the top of the screen and here comes this this wall of kids coming down. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. There she is. And I can see no my way. daughter up at the top walking down. I can see her curly hair and everything walking down. Makes all the way down. Of course, they pan off or whatever. I'm like, man, that was cool that I got to see her. I tried to snap some pictures really fast because I didn't know if I'd be able to see her anywhere else. And then there were a couple more times mm-hmm. where a camera would come by like a handful of kids. And there was one shot where there was like f- her and four of the girls that she no was way. with. And they like, they're stopping on there, waving at the camera and everything. And dude, and I'm snapping pictures and I'm like, dude, this like, as a dad that has a very s- tough re- relationship with my oldest daughter right now, mm-hmm. dude. Oh my God. It was such like, I'm trying not to cry and smile and laugh and <laughs> Look all at of you, the things Bill. all at one time, dude. And it's like, oh, it was fucking nuts. It was so, it felt so good. I mean, I was happy for her. Yeah. You know, I was really happy for her and, and, you know, getting through that. And that's a big mm-hmm. deal and everything. So I was really happy to see that. So that was the first part. Second part is my youngest daughter who I had with me. She was all excited about the present she got me for father's day and she wouldn't tell me what it was Aww. she kept hinting the whole time she's like that's what's gonna be you know here's a hint and here's a hint and so she's wanting to say it because she's just super excited <laughs> but wouldn't let me guess because she didn't want me to guess it which is really <laughs> weird because as, as we get to what it is there's no way i would have guessed what it's impossible so anyway, um we had to wait for it to show up she ordered it at her mom's house and it was going to show up at her mom's house and so we had to go over and get it mm-hmm. so we we go over there on father's day um, we made, uh, she made me, um, chocolate chip pancakes Oh, and eggs and bacon. Cause she knows that her dad likes eggs and bacon. So we did that at our house and then we went over to get the present. She comes out with this big box and it's a good size box. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> get it in the house. You know, we, we ride back, we go back to the house and we, we go to open it up and I'm opening up this thing and it's a, and she, I unwrap it. And it's a box. And I can't tell from the box. She's like, mm. Oh my gosh, it's a box. You have to open up that box. I'm like, okay, so I open <laughs> up that box. I pull out this thing, dude. And it is no joke. A two foot tall R2D2. No way. Big R2D2. And it's a popcorn maker. No it's like an old school air popper. So you oh, take your head yes. off. You put the seeds inside. You like you heat up the 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 uh, the butter, mm-hmm. and it all like air does it. And it comes out the thing into the head, and you eat the popcorn out of the R two D two head. And we ate that that day, dude. It was fucking awesome, dude. That sounds so cool. It was a fucking great weekend. Look at this. This is yeah. It? That's the one. Sick. <laughs> she was. I mean, I was excited. I mean, she she knows her dad. I, yeah. I was super excited. But she was as excited as I was. For a kid that doesn't even really like Star Wars, she was so excited about getting this thing for me and then eating the popcorn out. We were laughing and screaming and making all this noise as this thing's kicking out the, the popcorn. It was so awesome. That's cool. Stoked. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. How was yours? Uh, it was great, man. I... Uh... We went off the reservation, so to speak. Uh, we went to this ranch 
in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Uh, and it's, it's a, it was more like glamping. Like we stayed in cabins. It was us and two other families. They brought their kids and it was about hour and 45 minutes outside Dallas, middle of nowhere. It's called rough Creek lodge and it's a resort and it's, it's a little bougie, but it was awesome. Like there's everything you would want to do there. There's archery, there's ax throwing, there's clay shooting, there's sport shooting, there's hunting, there's pickleball, there's baseball batting cages, there's 18 hole putt putt golf, a seven hole disc golf bags, shuffleboard. You can go fishing, you can go canoeing. And then like you say in your own cabin And the coolest part about these cabins and they were totally thinking about families was that it was only one entrance and it was a screened in porch. Then you walked in and it was the master bedroom. And we had, you know, like sink, fridge, cabinets, coffee maker, big king bed, and, you know, shower bathroom. And then to the left out of our room was the kids' room and it was two bunk beds. So a bottom bunk, which is about a queen size, maybe a little bit uh, more like a full, full size. And then you go up on top bunks, which are, you know, twins basically and they have their own bathroom and so what we always get nervous about say when we stay in hotels is like we once we get into the hotel with with young kids right my kids are five and three we don't leave right because we're just like we're just going to stay in the room and contain them you want to contain them. yeah and not just that <laughs> but like we know they can't get out but if they did we you know it's like if this happened i'd never forgive myself kind of a thing and so they couldn't get out of the rooms. And even if they could, we would see them come out because they would have to get like three different doors to come out. So what we did is we basically put all the kids to bed, but like eight or nine and went out, started a little campfire and then just all sat around that drinking beer and telling stories or not saying anything. And you could see every star in the sky because, you know, we're in Texas and we were outside any major city by about a couple hundred miles. And it was awesome. Like, it so- was Yeah. How okay? So how many people were actually at the place when you were there? When we were there, based off when we went, because we went from Sunday to basically Wednesday, there we were felt like the only people there. There was probably thirty people there the entire time, but we would never see them. We would either be doing our own thing in the morning because we we the, the cabins where we were at. There's only four of them. We had three of them. And we came in on a Sunday. Yes, Jeffrey, I am talking about Rough Creek Lodge. And nobody else stayed where we were. We were 800 meters away from the main hotel room. And there's only maybe 20, 30 rooms there. But at night, they had this thing called kids camp. And you basically dropped your kids off at 530. And it wasn't done until 10. Nice. Yeah. So we would spend all day. Yeah. We would spend all day with the kids, go to the pool, little slide lunch there, whatever this activity, we rented ATVs for two hours and drove all over the property. And they had these cool little things. Like they had this enchanted forest that you would drive through and then get out. And there's like butterflies and fairies and dragons statues everywhere. It was really cool. And then there was like a Jurassic park, figuring thing or and we we would hike up the top of this hill and we could see the whole property for like there there wasn't anything else it's about 12,000 acres is the whole ranch size and the resort is in the middle on a little lake there was no one else there but us 
What are, like, how many, how many, like, were there a lot of workers? I mean, like, who's yeah. making, like, all yeah. the food and yeah. all the... There were probably more people working there when we went than guests. So no matter where we went, there was someone that could do something for us. Dude, that sounds so rad. Yeah, and so I, I took my kids fishing for the first time. And I'll, I'll, <laughs> this is one thing where I, I have to... This is me trying to fix one of my problems as a youth was my dad wanted to take me fishing all the time, but I was the most impatient piece of shit child that if I didn't get a fish every time I threw my line out, I would get upset. And then finally my dad was tired of taking me fishing. (laughs) So I take the kids fishing and then there's a worker there and she was amazing. And she set the kids hooks and we threw them all in and we're just, we just started catching like bait fish, like four to six inches. And then she's like, this is a great bait fish. Let me switch it out. And of course, my kids were loving it. My right. son, my like sweet, live life in a bubble child. She's like, since I took the fish off the hook for you, tradition is you have to kiss the fish before you throw it back in. And he freaking did it without hesitation. And, it, and part of me, I was like, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> and I'm glad she never asked me to like unhook the fish because I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like I, I, I like. So we, then she set a bait fish and we, my daughter, I mean, I'm helping her, right? She's three. We catch this 18 inch, five or six pound big mouth bass that was half of her size. Damn. I have a picture of it and it was awesome, right? And so that was really cool because then at the end of the day, come dinner time, right? We're all a little beat from the sun, our kids are, are wearing us out, right? It's like six kids all under the age of six. Wow. Yeah. And we drop them off and then all the parents go to dinner and it was just like this one menu. And you just, you ordered your appetizer, your main course and a dessert, everything else they took care of. The best part was the chef. I mean, this is a Texas ranch, right? Everything we're getting, they've raised or killed or raised and killed, right? And they put like in the menus like, absolutely zero substitutions are allowed here. (laughs) We have, we do not have a gluten-free vegan menu. If that is something that you need, feel free to order one of our salads like at the top. And then like, and then at the, even more so it's like all of our bread and biscuits are made in house every morning. And they have an exorbitant amount of gluten and wheat products in them. Therefore, if you have any adverse reactions to these, we suggest not eating here. Not, here's a secret menu for you in your, you know, sensitive diet. But it was, it was awesome. Dude, that sounds rad. It was awesome. And it was cool to like, for the grownups to be able to unplug, you know, drink wine, have a couple things, play darts. And then around nine o'clock, we went and got the kids. They were freaking having a blast with video games and bracelets and watching movies. And we took them to the cabins, put them in bed, locked the doors and just went outside until we decided that we wanted to go to bed. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds really cool. It was great. Uh, but as far as like Father's Day and stuff, it was really cool. And I, I saw this quote before we get to uh, Dave was, it was uh it's actually been circulating in my feed, probably because I watched a video on Instagram or something. It was like, what's the best part of being a, a dad or a parent? And the answer this guy gave was watching them grow up. And that was really cool to watch them like do horseback rides and experience something new. And then the next one was, what's the worst thing about being a parent? 
and it was watching, watching them watching grow them up. Grow up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that so true. <laughs> it's <laughs> so true. true. Absolutely that true. true. All right. Uh, let's see. Wad Zombie. Great transition. Chase, here's the transition. Speaking of Father's Day, let's talk about Daddy Castro. All right. All right. Let's talk Dave Castro. Dave Castro has now been put in charge of CrossFit Sport uh, as basically the overall point of contact person in charge of the sport department. But he's also recently, as of uh, four to six weeks ago, got put in charge of EDU. And in that connection between the two, he's also overseeing programming as this little bilateral connection between sport and EDU. And the thing we want to talk about with you guys today is what that means, potentially short-term, and what to look at long-term as well. And obviously, a lot of the questions coming up right off the bat is, which I'm sure for everybody is, you know, Barry just said this is, how do you think this impacts the programming for the games and who has control over that? If you went by like a flow chart of where people sit, Dave would be in control of that, right? I don't know the answer to this question. I would assume that Dave's role is not going to be as finitely focused on only the games as an event, right? It's, that's where he was last time. He was the director of the Cross of Games. That was legitimately the title that he was given. And, you know, part of the reasons why he was fired by uh, Eric Rosa was they put um, titles or responsibilities on him that were not really a part of what he, in a position he was. And that was growing the sport to a worldwide audience as like a, a main focus of his job. Partnerships with, you know, like we said, things that Justin Berg was really a part of, of back in the day. And it's like getting sponsors, TV deals, um, things of that nature. Like Dave's old job was the game season, right? Open regionals, CrossFit games, programming from everything in between. And then maybe some of these off season stuffs like the, the team series or the old invitational. This is a bigger role. I think than we, basically Dave had before he was removed from that position. But how it impacts the programming, I, I don't know. Um, you can speculate all you want. I mean, well, that's, that's all this, that's all this entire thing is going to be a speculation. Yeah. I mean, we don't know any of, any of that things. You know what I think is really interesting. I've seen some of the, um, the different videos and shows and uh, podcasts that, that have come out in, in the last couple of days about that, about the topic of, you know, was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? What's going to happen now? And it's really interesting that everybody seems to be thinking about this role that Dave is now in, mm-hmm. that he is just going to be exactly what Dave was before, but now in the exact same place. Like we're going to go from where we are now in 2023 that we're going to jump back to like 2016 or 2017. Right. And I don't, necessarily know why everyone is dragging on that i i I mean obviously there have been a lot of comments that i've heard um like things from like even like kotler and stuff like that Mm. um about concerned about it because in the past dave was and this these were justin's words 
judge, jury, and executioner. And that if you got, you know, if you disagreed with something that Dave said that you were going to be blackballed or, or you oh, know, excommunicado. Yeah. John Wick reference. And personally, I never, I don't see where that came from because it like, all you have to do is win your event and like, what's Dave going to do? I'm sorry. You're not going to go. Cause you don't like the fact that I have cornrows in my hair. Or you, <laughs> you know, don't like this workout that I did or whatever the thing is. Like I, I don't really see that as a thing per se. I know that what I think my understanding of what rubbed everyone the wrong way with Dave, with anyone that had a problem with them was he did not give a shit about your feelings. He was very like, bam, to a point. And, you know, I think that as much as that is not a comfortable feeling to, to brush up against that, it makes it really easy because you know exactly when you're in the right and when you're in the wrong or when you're on this side of the line or that side of the line. And mm. if you know if you're going to be allowed to do this or not allowed to do that, like there's no question. There's no like, well, you know, but maybe if he does this or maybe if he does that, then um, <laughs> that's a sweet website. Yes, it is. Uh, so I, I think it's really unfortunate that everyone has jumped into that. You know, the, all the all the talk about like how are his communication skills going to be? Is he going to be transparent? And I'm like, have has anyone not recognized that Dave has been on a podcast at least like twice a week? It seems like, <laughs> yeah. like I this guy has talked more to everybody than I mean in the last four I don't know three months. Mm -hmm. Even when he even when he was brought back in. Um, on the affiliate side when he was doing some, you know, when to talk to all the affiliate owners and stuff like that in the areas. There was, I mean, there is a massive difference, I think, in what we are seeing already from him. And I don't think, I don't think personally that Dave is going to go and come in and try to do what he used to do. I think what Dave will do now is, you know, let, let, I was talking to someone earlier about this. I, I see the, the programmer of the games is the artist. Mm -hmm. The general manager of the games or the director <clears throat> of sport is the museum curator that's allowing that artist to shine. So what does Boz need to make sure that his product get out, gets put out there the right way? How is he going to go and do that? And what Dave will do, I think, is be able to uh be more direct about his actions okay and that kind of thing that's that's what i see all as, right so let me plus. let me steer that question then is that we I don't obviously think do the programming that, and that's the thing is like we don't know what day's role in the program will be should be or could be right my question to you is what do you think it should be going forward if you were to basically give an opinion or a direction of the programming, now that Dave is taking over the sports department, um, I would think that his job would be to, in the programming department, support Boz. Mm -hmm. So in the old days, it was the other way around. Like Dave would do his thing, and he would use Boz as either a sounding board or a testing board or whatever. But it was always his. It was always his product. I see now it's flipped. This is what I would assume. That he's like, all right, I've worked with Boz long enough. We have a good enough relationship. You do what you need to do. I'll tell you what my thoughts are. Like, let me see what it looks like. Run it by me. Yeah. And I could say, hey, this is stupid. Or, or tell me why we should be doing it this way. And, and just to kind of let, to have that explanation. Um, and then it's like, okay, what do you, you know, what do you need to make this run? And then how can we showcase what we're doing here? Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, 
Dave is going to hop in there and try to erase what Boz is doing. I think he's going to let Boz do his thing, but a system to make it, to maximize it. Okay. Rather than like cut out and be like, we're going to do it my way. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see that being the case. And I don't know if Dave would want to do it that way. Everybody wants their, their job and their project mm-hmm. until they're taken off that project. And even if they're brought back to that project, it's not the same anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't, I don't, I I wouldn't want to do it that way, so I I don't see him doing it that way. Yeah, I see it more as a uh, what do you need? How can I assist you to make your program your pro your your product within the realm of the games mm-hmm. better? Yeah, I like that. I like it, and also in terms of uh, what does Riley say? Uh, yep, still bosses games, but Dave will QC quality check um see that i look at it in terms of take like a football team or any major sports team let's say let's just say football football you have like coordinators you have like offensive coordinators and you have defensive coordinators and the offense coordinator more often than not its job is to run the offense and call the plays and work with the offense specifically the head coach is just making sure everybody's doing their job correctly they can step in at any time and make a decision and a judgment call and overrule anything. And this may be one of those things now is that Boz will still be the competition director for the CrossFit Games and Dave will be the head of sport. But Dave is now in a position now where like quality control or he can step in at any time before you submit all these and we sign off like I need to comb through this as well. Um. In that position for you is, could you give an example of maybe how we saw something come from Boz that was a good idea and maybe not implemented in the best way that maybe Dave used to do in the past? Do you have an idea or an example, Um, just for an example of what that could look like? Yeah, I I think that... uh not to say that I mean, and Boz even said he said that like that they tested the events, but um, but maybe the ways that they were tested. Maybe it was like, okay, do we have enough of the good athletes that aren't in there? That maybe, maybe, like maybe they need to get. Uh, I mean, in the, in the old days when when like Dan Bailey wasn't in the games, he would be one of the testing guys because you know he's a really good athlete. He's in the mix there somewhere. Um, so it's like either one, are you testing the right stuff, or two, did you hit everything that you needed to hit? Or man, you don't need to bring. I, I wouldn't bring double or the the crossovers in on that. We don't need to have. Maybe that's too much right now. And it, mm. uh, th- but this is all beforehand, you know. And and I think that what's nice when Dave was there, he always had the ability to ask someone that's been around just as long as he has in Boz, you know, to be like, okay, we'll try this. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? I want to do this way. What's your theme? What's you know? This is what I'm going to do. Now, the other way he can assist Boz in this is like, okay, we'll explain it. Because who else is going to be around Boz that has that same sort of um, experience mm-hmm. to ask from? And, I mean, I think, I think, you know, some of the elements that Boz is bringing in is, I think it's fine. I mean, as we said, that like the creator, the, the programmer, there are going to be brushstrokes that are unique to that artist. Dave had his brush strokes. I have mine. You have yours. Boz is going to have his. That doesn't mean that mine is right. Yours is wrong. Boz is right. Dave's is wrong. 
it means that it's different, but it's always nice to have, just like when you would set up for the Lone Star stuff, you know, you're doing your competition, you'd come up with your events and you'd throw up, Hey, check these out. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you want another set of eyes to, to look at it. Sure. Even though my brush strokes would be different than yours. No, so but I you're like, your see, perspective helps like the whole picture. Right. Not just my picture. Right. And so I think that that's important. Now, as far as like, you know, some of the things that went down, um, all of the issues that went down, not on the programming side, but on the running side, mm. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I remember Dave would come around to the regionals back in the old days. And what he would be doing is not watching the competition. He would be watching all of the things happen. Yeah. How did the bars come out? How were the judges being judged? What was the head judge doing? Um, checking to see if all of those systems, just as you were saying, the head coach would be watching the, co- the coordinators mm-hmm. to do their thing. Um, and so I think, uh, I think that's something that wasn't done the same way. And, you know, Dave is used to running a tight ship, a, a tight, smaller ship with his, you know, with his military background and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, I think that that is a tighter grip than someone in that Justin Berg had when he was running, you know, like the uh, uh, the golf events or whatever. Like I, I think that that's a it's a lot looser feeling because guess what? No one's going to die at a golf event, <laughs> you know. So I think I think that the importance of like keeping everything like short to the point and curt and mm-hmm. this has to happen like this and this has to happen like that. Like that's that's built into Dave, and so yeah. I I think that that will be something that we will see that's different. There aren't going to be those slip ups or if there are the slip ups, I think that they, and this is speculation. I think that they would be handled quicker than what they were or at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) as far as like watching. So from a behind the scenes thing is like, yeah, Justin didn't like watch say the judges and the, workers like that's not really what he did and it wasn't really his his focus or 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 responsibility that's really bosses right right that was bosses during competition like justin berg wasn't in charge of the crossfit games competition he was overseeing the sport itself right right i i would see boz doing that Uh, i got to see him do that a few times firsthand this this semifinal season so like he you know boz was very dialed in onto what was happening on the floor know when it came to that so definitely something that dave did and before we jump to a different topic here is it's i'm curious to see as you said is like things that happened that continue to happen during the season would that have happened again cannot guarantee that opinion based with our experience with that I think all the the things that happened, say, let's take week one of the Open, right? The loading, misloading of the weights, the misspelling of basically everything on the website completely, <laughs> right? I think that most likely would have been the first week and then not had happened later without consequences. Without a doubt, I, I mean, I can't, I can't, to be fair, I can't say 100%, but my experience over the years is, you know, people talk, we've, like we've you, you mentioned Dave this. We've seen drop the hammer. We've seen the hammer drop. Yes, yes. And now, and, and this is, I mean, in all reality, and, and granted, I've never, I've never worked in CrossFit. 
like as far as like being an HQ. I've been around it. I've mm-hmm. been a, is it like an independent contractor and all that. So I've been around it a lot. I've been close enough to where I've seen hammers drop. And they always drop like we were when we would do whatever. I mean, the, our, our normal chant when we would come out of our meeting with Tony Budding back in the day was, <laughs> all right, everyone, this is going to do great. You're going to do great. Everyone's great. Fired up. Don't fuck it Don't up. Don't fuck it up. And that was you it. knew if you fucked it up. Mm-hmm. And we were ter- it's like just like a kid with the parents. Like you're afraid to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. So like because you're worried about the consequences. Mm-hmm. Well, if all of a sudden the hammer's gone and nobody like there's this is this is kind of loose and that's not mess, you know, it's like, well, well uh, yeah, this is fine. That's and then like when that starts happening, things get loose. And when things get loose, things fall apart. And yes. there were just a lot. There was I mean, it may maybe maybe it was and not to say that Justin didn't, didn't do anything. Maybe there were so many things that Justin couldn't couldn't keep track of all the things that were happening. I mean, who knows? I, I don't yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, Which, it, if that's the case. Fuck, I, that's scary if that's the case. <laughs> uh, well, I think part of that too was, so a lot of times when you have someone in a certain position that runs things a certain way for, say, 15 years, right? and I'm just making a number up as far as like Dave being in his role, is that they do tend to get stuck in their ways over time. But I, I think Dave over time, in when he was in his first role, position when he was the director of the CrossFit Games, Scott much better as time went on. They was very hard to work with early on. Ask anybody. Oh, man, terrible. <laughs> right? The fights very, that happened yeah. between him and Tony Budding. Him and, and Tony Daly. Budding, him and the media team, and then you know he would start to loosen up the reins. But if you ask people that worked with him outside of, say, internal, and even internal, like, he, look, he's a very polarizing figure inside and outside of CrossFit HQ. He just is. There are people on either side of the fence all over the place. When Justin came in, sometimes you see this with regime changes wherever you go, is that they'll almost go to the opposite side of the spectrum to basically backfill everything a certain demographic of people would have problems with. Nobody yeah. listened to us. It was my way of the highway. It was, you know, even the excommunicado stuff. Like that stuff really did happen. Some people in the space, and I don't know if it was like game space specifically, but like in CrossFit space, like Dave just like cut out. It had happened. The, what, the Black Box Summit? I mean, that's old school shit oh, right 100%, there. Right? 100%, totally. But that was like old school mafia times. Right. But that was real. That is not a made up incident, right? That, that Dave's done something like that before. Well, and he, but he wasn't even the only one that was doing that. No, like, no, I'm just saying days, he's been a was, part of that. That was, that was the was, regime in that yeah, time. That was it just, was very uh, mafioso back exactly, then. Exactly, right? And when I think when someone else steps into that role is that they go sometimes the complete opposite direction. Yeah. And this is going to lean more into a topic that somebody came up, but I do want to talk about is... My hope is for Dave is that he brings back a massive accountability to the the team. Like massive. I hope everybody fears for their job and does their job the way it's supposed to be done without asking, like, not saying anybody's doing this, but you'll see people's like, we'll do work so they get recognized for the work that they're doing. Hey, where's my bonus high five pep talk slap on the butt for doing my job. And really when it comes to this, like do your fucking job, 
Right. Like I shouldn't give you a, a extra pep talk for you doing You'll what get you're getting paid for doing to exactly do. what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, why even give you congratulations for doing what you're, I'm, I'm giving you a congratulations. I saw this like on, on Mad Men, right? Like, what do you want? Do you want right. me to give you like extra for the job I am paying you to do? That's right. the thanks, right? You do something above and beyond. Maybe I'll recognize it. Maybe I won't, but don't do it just so you get recognized for that. That's not the fucking point. Right. And that's nobody, nobody in there is rowing in that direction so they can get recognized for it. Or at least they shouldn't be. Well, and, 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 uh, yeah, I, 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 I've always been like that when I used to do, um, uh, quarterly assessments or whatever for my firefighters, it was the same type of deal where oh, I would yeah. have to tell them what they're doing. I'm like, look, if you're kicking ass at your job, you get a satisfactory mark because you're supposed to kick ass. Was it like the next met expectations was the thing you would yeah. talk about? Yeah. You, you met it. You, you, you guys kicked ass. You guys kicked ass today meets expectations mm-hmm. like not not oh, not above expectations uh, and then there was a there was a comment here uh i wanted to put this up um quality control stuff so i think quality control is one thing and trying to keep track but this is something that goes back in the beginning if you remember was that 2016 2017 yeah, like, there, there were a shit ton of, of pet pet tears that year dumbbell and, snatching that, and dave programmed it right you know, so I mean, it, this isn't like a, I think what people are, are are misconstruing is Dave's back now. Everything will be perfect. Like CrossFit, the programming has never been perfect. There have been great games. There have been great opens and great regionals and great qualifiers. Um, but not always has it been an automatic everything is perfect. And Dave coming in, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden the program is going to naturally going to be 100% perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be. But it was, I, and we I, I said would, this last time. It was never uh, there. There was never a year always. where it was one hundred percent. I mean, perfect. shit. Dave was doing ring handstand pushups. You guys like twice. Like it came up. It's <laughs> twice <laughs> because it's better if you make them higher. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, I, I again, like there's, uh, there's always going to be um, for every decision. There's always going to be some pros and some cons. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I. I I mean, I, I hope at some point we we hear why the switch happened. I mean, I, I tell you, it, it's. I mean, I'm happy to see Dave in there. I'm happy to see him as part of the old, you know, OG of CrossFit. I I, I like having Dave in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels comfortable to me. I like that. Um, I'm nervous as hell that we're doing this right before the games. You know, like or and there's a couple things when people are talking about that. It's like. Okay, either the shit show is so bad that you had to make an abrupt change, mm-hmm. or there really weren't going to be that many things that would be affected by that person switching the job, which makes, which tends to make me think, if that's the case, that, okay, Dave really isn't going to be put right back, in, back into the programming. Dave's going to be overseeing. And right, as of right now, Boz is in the programming. Boz is taking care of that stuff. He's going to run his pieces and he's going to be taking care oh, of He's been planning this stuff. this whole off season. Right. So that's why, that's what makes me think that like, it's not going to be Dave's back. Now the programming's all different. Yeah. You know, I, I think in this vein is that accountability should come back at a, on a, on a massive scale. Dave can learn. I don't want to say can learn. That's not fair. 
I'll would be you, interested to see Don, if that's a Don Fall thing too. I, I, if he if he evolves with things that were positives with Justin running sport, right? It's like, hey, let's just open up comms a little bit more. Let's let's relax the tie a little bit. Not that, well, not Dave. Should we relax the tie? But like, you know, let's 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 hear or listen to the outside opinions. Like, just hear people out, as opposed to you know, there was a pretty strong shield of, you know, we got this, right? Which comes into my next, this is, might be a hot seat for me. Not a hot seat, a, I would say a hot take. Um, what is this question? I want to find it. Oh, this one. Do the athletes like Dave? Who cares? Who fucking cares? That should that question. I am so fucking tired. I know, of that but that's the thing. Up. That's there, there. Here's my hot take. And if you're an athlete in the sport, you know, God bless you. I I did it. I tried it. You know, it was very short lived. But go compete. The, Shut up. The CrossFit Games is not about you, right? The CrossFit Games isn't about individual people in their names and like it's not it. Like that's that never was the point. The point wasn't to talk about people. It's to talk about what people are capable of. To test humans at the highest level of fitness. And to cater to athletes and their feelings is a surefire way to ruin a sport really quickly. Go look at the NBA. How much fun is that to watch? Because the NBA players basically rule the fucking league now, and it's awful. Go look at players in the NFL just holding out for money. And all like when you let the athletes dictate what happens in the sport, you ruin the freaking sport. Like the sport wasn't created for a person. It was created as a worldwide test of fitness that the world has never seen before. That was the CrossFit Games, right? And I'm not saying you shouldn't care about the athletes. You should absolutely care about the athletes. They're human people, right? They are helping push the sport forward, but you 100% don't cater to them. This sport will live on long after any of these people leave this sport. And it's not to diminish their impact on what is happening as far as fans. It's not to diminish what they can do for the community. But how many athletes are coaches in their affiliates right now? How many athletes are affiliate owners right now? How many athletes work out in the group class right now? No, they're mostly all in camps and they're focused on themselves to try to get the most money they can to suck dry the well that is the sport of CrossFit. And they should do whatever they can to make a name for themselves, to get as much money as they can and should be treated as professional athletes as long as they treat themselves professionally accordingly. But at no point in time should the sport cater to them. It's not about them. It's about CrossFit and what it can do for a worldwide people. If we're trying to reach 30 million people, you're not going to get it from CrossFit Games athletes. You want to reach 30 million people, you use the sport to be the biggest and loudest mouthpiece for the CrossFit training methodology and its coaches and its affiliates and its affiliate owners and everyone else trying to grow that. You're not going to get 30 million people doing CrossFit through athletes at the CrossFit Games. 
And that's my hot take. So I'm tired of this like catering to 40 people at the CrossFit Games. Now, it doesn't mean you should neglect them or take advantage of them or kick them to the wayside or treat them like trash, but to put them at the focus tip of the CrossFit Games season is a mistake. Why is there no more basically like buy-in in the open or quarterfinals or semifinals? Because we've isolated this like small group and heralded them that and showcased that when it's not about that. It's a worldwide participatory event. Maybe we should celebrate the rest of the world. These athletes will get theirs at the CrossFit Games. It's funny because we have we completely agree on the exact same thing, and we have completely different directions on how we would look at that. Because you went off on this thing, which I completely agree with. Yeah. I won't disagree with any of that. But when I look, when I hear those statements about Dave and the athletes being afraid and, you know, the, the retribution and the blah, blah, blah. I, I don't understand. Like an athlete's job is to train and compete. When do they have to ever come in contact with someone and be like, uh, I don't like what you're doing over here. Now I'm afraid of the retribution of retribution of what? When is that person going to come out and no rep you for whatever reason? It's not going to happen. When is someone going to come out and, and and qualify and not be able to qualify because they upset Dave Castro because they're like, I think your olive oil sucks. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't like to me, like I I mean, everything you said was great and completely true. And I, like for me, I boil it down to even more than that. Like, shut the fuck up and just train and go compete. Like, what else do you have to worry about right now? Nothing. Nothing. You have, you have your camps, you're doing your thing, you get up early, you train six hours a day, like right on. You're an athlete, you want to you make it out there to, to whatever goals you have. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. At no point on the resume of being a successful athlete is it make sure that the higher up people like you well enough so that you don't have to worry about, I don't know, being blackballed in the system somewhere. Right, I, it's I, like I, you're I, not going to disqualify I, me because you don't like me. I don't even know why it's a topic of discussion at all. And to say that like this switch, that that's one of the fears is that I, I don't understand it. If, if, if these athletes are athletes and they're professional athletes and they have their, you know, professional athlete association, then the association can deal with that stuff. But as far as the athletes go, like the athlete is supposed to be a relatively protected racehorse. Yes. That's yeah. it. They have one job. Go run the track, eat right, sleep well, so that when it's race time, you can go out and go run the track. You have the jockey, the trainer, the medical person. Everyone else is taking, taking care of all the other stuff. You're, you're single focus. And it, for those athletes that are doing the, you know, the, 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 they're, they're still a parent, they're still working, and they're, still, they're doing all these things, like, cool, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But still, when you put on the athlete hat, it's just the athlete hat. You're just being an athlete. So go and compete. Right. And shut up. <laughs> Stop adding all this bullshit stuff to it. And I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I keep hearing, I know some athletes and they're having these issues. Who? Like, what stories have you heard? Like, you, Chase, have you heard where there's been an athlete where there's been a run in and you know what? They didn't get to compete the next year because there was a run in with Dave. Never. 
Never. There are people that don't like him. So what? Yeah. So what? And yeah, maybe in Dave's new venture, he can. Uh, he the character he played back in the day. You know that was part of being the director of the games itself, right? I if thought it gonna, was great that if you didn't see the uh, <sighs> um, the the uh, talking leap fitness with Lauren, and when mm-hmm. when she had. Uh, Dex and Tim and Kotler, oh, Kotler and, and Kalipa. Kalipa. It was so fun, so fun to yeah. hear Jason say, "You know what? I fucking hated how dramatic he was and all oh, the yeah. open and all the <laughs> stuff." And the second it was gone, it was like, "Dang, I really miss all that stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was part of it." And I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that like everyone needs a villain. I, I don't agree with that. I just think that. You know, he had his role, and that was his role. And whether he was silly or weird at his drop in the, you know, not even time can save you on this when he drops his watch or he drops the mic or he's got cornrows. Mm. Who cares? Who cares? He says what the workout is. Someone says three, two, one, go, and you go. Yeah. Period. That's it. Go compete. Yes. And it's not, and again, this isn't me like not respecting these athletes. Like I have tremendous amount of respect and I'm in awe of all of them. This is not your playground to decide what happens here. And whether you like Dave or not, it doesn't matter. And, and I think that's why people enjoy Boz more because he is very open with the athletes and has re- not relationships, but like he's very receptive, a give and take. And it's not a negative. I think that is, that is an added positive to the future of the sport. Right. And, and Justin, you know, spent countless hours of talking to everybody and listening to the athletes and getting their opinions. And like, that was one thing that Justin really worked hard. Uh, you know, Justin Berg really worked hard on is like fostering these relationships that maybe were bridges burned by Dave or whatever. But like, it, who cares if the athletes like him? Like, right. what is, what are we trying to achieve here? We are trying to grow the sport. We are trying to basically bring it back to its glory days of the 2018, which we say a lot, right? Like we are, that's what we're trying to do. I'm not trying to make friends along the way as that is a priority. Yeah. Right? And what Dave needs to, or I don't want to say what Dave needs to do, but like things that we need is, is just to focus on that. It, it's about the sport, not particularly the athletes. I, I just, it, it's really interesting that the concerns with Dave coming back seem to be related to issues from way, like the Dave that I see now on all the social media stuff, on, you know, when he, when he is running around, I mean, like, give me a break, dude. He shows up at like CrossFit events, like local fitness events or drop-ins he he helped program um blair morrison and and ben alderman's uh ncc event that that is going to be happening in september he i mean they did this stuff at the ranch like the guy has opened up way more than he's ever been before yeah way more he's i mean he gets i mean come on dude he he gets on the sevon podcast Mm-hmm. He talk. He does his own weekly thing of like talking about stuff that's going on. Dave is still Dave, yeah. But like that doesn't mean that it's gonna be all bad. I just, I just, I don't think that like trying to make you know CrossFit twenty twenty three, yeah, 
CrossFit 2016 and say it's, I, I sure. just don't, I mean, I don't think think things that we should focus that are related to athletes is warm up area, recovery zones, water, yeah, equipment, equipment stuff, are, are the safety. Right? Yeah. yeah. Is a rope like, too long? Like all of right. that stuff is cool. That, those are things that we should worry about and focus on for the athletes. Fairness of competition when it comes to programming, things like that, you know, what, like all the, like judging, all of that should be athlete focused because that's their arena. That's what affects them. But like friendships or if anybody likes you, like, who gives a shit? And here's the no. thing. If everybody likes you, you are not an authentic person. If every <laughs> single person you know likes you, you are fake to probably 90% of those people. That is not your job. That's you as a fucking coach. Let's just say that. If every athlete in my gym loved the way I ran things, then I was not being an authentic, objective hardline coach because there's people that don't like being told to break parallel or being told that they'd shaved all the reps off or just like being told what to do in general. And if you just pretend that everything's fine and we're all buddies, that's not the point. That's not your job. Let me ask you something. Okay. So you've been, you were an affiliate owner for how long? A decade. Okay. You got out of it. You've been away from it now. You remember everything that you had to do to Everything that you put into that, like being an affiliate owner is a labor of love, 100%. Like if you don't love what it is, if you, if you take the emotion like I love my job out of it, mm-hmm. it's fucking gnarly. It is hard. <laughs> it's monotonous. <laughs> it's annoying. It's not like for all everybody. Of thing, all of that stuff. All of that stuff. Okay, you get asked by an affiliate to come back in. They're like, hey, we, we want to pay. We really want to get you back in here. You're back in. Do you think you would do it the exact same way you did it before, or would you now have a step of the, stepped away from it and coming back into it? Would you do it different? Oh, I'd do it different. So if that's the case, which I think that would be where everybody is. Yeah. So how can people think that Dave is going to be exactly the same as he was with all of these concerns and worries and fears that everybody has, that he's going to come in and it's going to be exactly like it is mm-hmm. or like it was? There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. And even the players are set up different with Boz in the position that he's in. I don't see it being that way. So I don't see the need for there to be this fear factor of, oh, my God, he's going to hate me. And I'm not going to be able to do my pull-ups because I think olive oil is bad for you. Like, what the heck? Yes. It doesn't make any sense. Shut up and go work out. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The whole like me thing. I'm like, it doesn't like you're not there to be liked. You're there to do a job and to do it well. And it doesn't, I'm not saying don't focus on the athletes. Take care of them in the right ways and realms that they should be, but like taking them to dinner and being friends with them. But here's the thing. Some of that fear stems from the way Dave handled things in the past, which weren't always Nice. Nice or great or, hey, look, he made mistakes just like all of us have made mistakes. But like you said, I've learned from mine after owning an affiliate for a decade. We're just being friends with people for a decade. I'm like, yeah, yeah, listen, I fucked up. (laughs) But now that I'm back or, you know, we've rekindled this relationship is like, hey, yeah, we've learned some things like. I mean, Dave, Dave is, to me, a, a, a different person. Not a different check, person. Okay, check it out. Check it out. Uh, Ryan Fisher, 
You remember mm, Ryan Fisher? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the classic thing, he it's funny, he'll bring it up on his stuff every once in a while, but he'll talk about, um, you know, when he told the judge that he was going to fucking kill him. That whole thing. I was there for that because I competed in it. So I was at that whole thing. It was awesome. Um, Dave made his whole thing and made him apologize to the group and oh, yeah. all of this stuff. And there was, you know, Ryan felt that like he was excommunicated from that time. There was at no time that he could not compete or didn't compete well or whatever when after that whole thing went down. Yeah, he just missed a drug test. We're not talking about that. <laughs> We're talking about something else. That, not anything that Dave did to the athlete. Yes. Okay? Now, even with all of that, when everyone was like, dude, Dave hates this guy, and Ryan hates Dave, and there's this terrible thing, there was a post that I think Dave put it up where he actually was like, hey, good luck, Ryan, or good job, or something where uh, Ryan, and Ryan talked about it or something. There was something where it was like, Wow. Okay. Look, it, right in public, everyone was cool, and Dave was cool, and Ryan was cool, and I'm like, see, like, g- give me a fucking break, guys. Like, it's okay. Everything will be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Three, two, one, go work out. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, the uh, the like me thing is just it's it's like a it's like a cultural thing. Like, oh no! It's hundred percent. It's, it's a. It's a. It is a current social thing right now. Hundred yeah. percent. Don't want to hurt the feelings. Don't want to make anybody angry. Got to cater. Make sure everyone's doing okay. Yeah. Don't fucking line up on the line. Three, two, one, go and go. Whoever ends up at the other end first, you're the winner. Everyone else, you didn't win. Yeah. Sorry. It's a sports. That's just how it works. Yep. 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 Anyway. It's not saying they don't matter. They're just not more important. Like your feelings are not more important than like making this better. And you know, we, we are getting better, but we need to be better. So, and yes, Trish, this goes along with my comment of trying to be friends with everybody. If you tries to please everyone, you please no one. Yes. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. So things um, that, um, okay. So hey, that hey, real, real fast, real fast for, uh, Jeremy Austin. I've been meaning to say this, but we kept getting jumped there. Those guys got married. What? Oh Jeremy yeah. Gosh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. I want to say that out loud. I want to say that out loud. Congratulations. Um, all right. So we talked about Dave programming wise, maybe being more of a quality control guy, at least early on, um, to be a support system for bots going forward, <clears throat> going forward from there. I mean, working together, right? And in and, and whatever capacity Dave wants to, and I don't think he needs to or should focus all his attention on that because you're running the whole sport department now. You're running, as it stands right now, EDU as well. So like, we can't just focus on this small piece, even though it was a very, very important piece of the sport itself. But let's talk future, right? Yeah. We to grow the sport, we need more eyes, we need more participation, we need more partners, we need bigger sponsors, we need TV time. And I think that's an important question to look at with Dave in this role because as we let off when Dave was initially fired from his position in CrossFit, and then Justin was put in this position, a lot of the things, a few of the things that they held against Dave was, you know not meeting expectations as far as the growth of the sport was concerned on the financial side, right? And deals and sponsors and things like that. And I don't think that was ever really a thing that was his job. That was just basically placed on him to help look like we push him out. That and bullshit articles, you know, 
leaked to Morning Chalk about lake water and Dave not giving a shit about that, which was all false. <laughs> you know, like the smear <laughs> campaign that was done to Dave Castro after he was fired was absolutely ridiculous. Right. But we need to look at how or or what is the best position for Dave to help grow this sport worldwide? Is it focusing more on the season itself and improving that, which I think needs to be improved. It is improving, but it still needs to be improved. And how do we grow the business side of the sport department? Because the sport department needs to make money or else like it's not going to survive and and ways to do that. My opinion is almost like how CrossFit really got started was Glassman found the right people for the right jobs and had them just take it and run with it, right? Go create, go do you, I'll support you. And if you fuck up, I'll slap you back in a line and you'll keep going, right? In my opinion, I think Dave should find somebody that will help him on that side. I just, do you know what I mean? Almost like kind of what Justin was a couple years ago. Okay, think think about okay, what is Dave's history? Dave was a Navy SEAL officer. He's going to pick his crew and make sure that he is able to have a tight run ship because he has the right people in the right places. So, say, "Hey, what do you need?" Okay, I need to get th- I need someone for this, I need someone for this, someone for this. I mean, it may be people that he knows. Maybe it's like, hey, I need you to find somebody that can get me here, get me there, or get this and get that. I Dave is I, I don't see Dave growing the sport in the classic way of the uh being the Wineham and Dynam guy to go out there with all the big, you know, the the big um uh soft drink companies or some of the big money with the trying to get big money in it. I don't see him playing that game. What I see is him connecting with people that are uh, similar in, in feel of what CrossFit is. I think one of the, one, uh, one, an amazing thing that he did and it, whether it was planned or not planned is when he did that podcast with Jocko. Jocko is a massive name. Massive name. Yeah. Jocko has a lot of uh, products and stuff out there right now. And that is that is a connection that, if you may not know CrossFit, but most people know who Jocko is. So all of a sudden, there's a connection that that right there is an outreach to community. You start hooking up with those types of people. Um, you start doing um, either partnerships. And he did it a little bit with uh, the Ragnar race stuff. Or oh, have yeah. CrossFit teams or whatever. I mean, I can see some some cross looking at. I think they're doing hey, something gonna, with Spartan races. They were doing they were doing that one where you could do uh, a free Spartan race or, or they, tough they, yeah, just kind of thing, something like that. I can see those kind of connections where that is. So we we see CrossFit as the tip of the spear for fitness. Mm-hmm. That these are the fittest people. Okay, so we start putting these athletes as they're doing you know, in these other things, Spartan and Hyrox and, you know, all of these other types of things. And that's where that bleed over starts to happen. It was happening. It has kind of happened on its own, but now I think one of the things that would be really cool that he could do is, all right, let's venture into those realms because that's not, 
it wouldn't be like Dave talking to a suit. Not that Dave couldn't handle that position um, if he needed to. But I think that like when you get people that are in the same fitness realm, he can talk to those people mm-hmm. and be like, hey, let's join up here because those connections will lead to other connections, which will bring in money. I think. And we need to, I mean, it is, it can't just be, you know, and not take, not, not trying to like, you know, take any clout off of Rogue or anything like that, but it's like, okay, we get our equipment from Rogue. And so now we can't talk to anybody else. Not that we would need other equipment people, but like that type of stuff where it gets very uh, tight as far as the number of, there's not really a whole lot. I actually think our relationship will, is going to strengthen. I feel like it's yeah, waned over the last couple of years because of Dave not being in the position he's in. Oh, I mean, I, well, yeah. And I, and, and it wasn't, uh, I just meant that like with rogue, it was, that was the, that was the, um, sponsorship for most of the stuff. It seemed like that mm-hmm. was the big one. Yeah. And then everyone else was like these little mini tiny little things that were almost, I mean, basically insignificant for the most part. I mean, we need bigger money for sure. We need yeah. to make sure that money's coming in. The way that's going to happen is going to be by connection. And if we do uh, collaborative type stuff with these other fitness realms that mm-hmm. that general people are into, then they're going to start to see what we are as a fitness uh, modality and as a sport. And, I, and I can start seeing people kind of circling into that. Like Spartan isn't a workout program. Spartan is a race. Okay, but what if you use CrossFit as your training for your Spartan race? Which that. If you're a it casual a, Spartan racer, is exactly what you should be doing. Hundred percent. But that's the and high rocks and tough mutter and all those. Right. And we and do. so we start talking about that stuff. We start, you know, we start talking about like, hey, we need some video stuff on athletes that are doing Spartan races or high rocks or uh, the obstacle course races or whatever. I mean, a lot of that stuff was happening, but it was shown not by us. It was shown by either the individual athletes or, you know, the other, the other races, the other, uh, programs, but they don't know who to, they don't know how to put that together for us. I just think it'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be huge. Javier, I've said this for two years now is that one event at the game should be a partnership with high rocks and we should do a full legal, legit high rocks event. Totally. That'd be awesome. Totally agree. Uh, this comment, Jake, I know you've been around a while. Jake's talking about highlighting more masters athletes. And this statement is said a lot, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is so false. The money is in older groups. CrossFit needs that money, higher disposable income, and more time spare areas. We need to appeal to them. The money can help fund bigger games. Nobody fucking watches the masters athletes. We've tried that and they don't watch. You don't show up to watch in person. You don't show up to watch in Madison and you don't show up to watch online. The numbers Prove that. But we keep hearing about this disposable income thing, and it's just not a thing. It's not. I'm sorry. Well, not enough, not enough to do any sort of funding to, to keep the games running. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I, okay, part, it's, okay. You know? Well, Jake, if you're not talking about the games, then this is another topic I would like to, to go down another road because you know we don't have a whole lot of time left here. But I think separating masters and teams away from the games could be a different Avenue down the road. Um, we've got the MFC, we've got the, uh, legends 
Like there, there's an opportunity, something to create a little bit different. And then, oh, then you guys can flex your disposable income by helping fund something like that. That's more masters focused, right? Um, but yeah, that's just games that's played out. So oh, shut that down. Um, so in, in that vein of, of saying growing the sport from a business perspective, I think f- delegating that, obviously overseeing it, being a part of that. Dave has been since day one from the CrossFit Games in 2007. He's seen the growth. He knows the number like going forward. Like, but delegating somebody that is, that is just a freaking monster in, in that department, I think would be, maybe that's where some people's concerns would lie with Dave being at the helm there, not knowing what he is capable of in that department. Yeah. But as you said before, is like delegating people to do certain tasks that you fully trust and hold accountable is how this sport grew to begin, begin with. Right. Right. Like giving Boz the power to basically like take over standards and judges and, and like running that whole thing. And then being like Dave's right hand man for the last decade plus, you know, like, he has a good judge as, as far as that goes, at least his track record. I'm not saying it's no, flawless. Totally. No, I, I, you're right. I think, I think that that has always been, and in the old days, it was, there weren't enough people to go around to handle all the things. The growth of, of the games was so huge and so fast. Everybody was doing multiple things. So Dave took what he had and he handled his stuff for sure. Now, granted, um, I think, with the growth that we have now, the size that we have now, the expectations on, you know, wanting to grow the games and, and grow CrossFit just in general, I think that would be what Dave would do is he would find people. I, I man, I'll tell you what. I wouldn't want to do that what, job. Well, no, but I okay. I'd be like, you do all the money shit. <laughs> there are people you too, write there are the people contracts. that love that stuff though. Yes. There are people that love that. And they're like, I let me, I, I will run the numbers. I know exactly where we need to be. I, okay, I, over the, all the years, there have been a lot of different people mm-hmm. that have come in and out. Like I've seen people help and uh, there's, there's all, usually for a lot of like in the early days, a lot of the connection of the people were military people that Dave worked with and were around and still needed something to do and, and they were kind of connected or they still did some CrossFit stuff or whatever. Like I've, missed a, I've met a handful of guys from the seals and not to say that there couldn't be from someone else, but just in, in general with the connection, think of how some of the seals, when you think about them, okay, you know that they're going to be like, like they're mentally strong individuals. Uh, there are some that are just like juggernaut beasts that they handle their business. There are other people that are so quick witted. I mean, dude, think about like in the old days of Pat Sherwood, Joe Alexander, Joe, dude, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that sure would yeah i mean hmm. you you get some of those guys that are they have the work ethic that dave is used to but their skill set is let me talk to you because i can talk to you and i know i can convince you to do whatever it is that i want you to do i those are the guys you send in with the suits you know what i mean to make these like staunchy old guys feel like they're young and fired up and they can do their deal mm-hmm. like i i know i know he can find the people he needs to to make this stuff go the right way. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think he will. I think he's smart. Dave's a smart guy. Yes. He's not going to try and run the whole thing by himself. I don't think he would want to. 
I don't think if you were to put him in the exact same spot he was before he was pulled out, mm-hmm. that he'd be like, yes, I totally want to go back in and do the exact same thing again, knowing how uh, all the stuff I had to do. And there's no way. Yeah. I mean, I am, I am optimistic. Very. I'm excited to see someone that I uh, respect back in there. Yeah. And for, you know, a a brief moment is just like, you know, I hope Justin finds what he's looking for. You know, I hope him and his family land on their feet, whatever direction that he wants to go after CrossFit. You know, it's, I know Justin loves CrossFit. Like you wouldn't be a part of it that long if you didn't. So human, human touch in that direction. Obviously it's like, you know, it's, I think people in the space can be looked at as characters and not real people a lot of the times. You know what I mean? It's like, 100%, yeah. Yeah. Like, this is, oh, it's like, it's Chase and he's just this dude on a YouTube channel. I was like, no, like, this is what I do when I want to do it. But like, I'm a husband as my number one priority and a father. I've got two kids. Like, that's who I really am. Yeah. And if I were to never do CrossFit or fired from this position, it's like, yeah, it could be as like, oh, thank that loudmouth cocky fuck is finally off the broadcast. It's like, yeah, fair. But it's like, you know, <laughs> I got to go back home to my family at the end of the day. So at the same time as uh, I put that, you know, I wish Justin all the best going forward as well. Um, okay. Before we sign off, uh, we talked about days involvement in programming, should or shouldn't, what we think that would be. We talked about relationship with athletes, sponsors, all that stuff going forward. Uh, what small changes that could have big impacts would you be curious to see already looking at 2024 that you think could add engagement, interest, and excitement to the season? Um, cause basically like this is something that Dave would have control over. Dave could change the entire program if he wanted to. Oh yeah. He could change anything he wants, I guess, you know, yeah. based on what it is. I think what I'd like to see is, uh, one of the things that I enjoyed about Dave when he was programming, the way he would set up the season is there was a string that ran through it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have felt that, and we, you know, we've talked about this in a lot of the last shows over the over this year and even last year, is there are some great events, individual events, but the overall scope seems to be just kind of all over the place. And so to know what that story is, I think would be, um, or to clean that story up and have that story, I think would be huge in the scope of, especially on the programming side, like seeing that, that evolution from a, the widest net you could possibly send out to get the, the, gather the most people to get into the sport and then funnel them down to where you have the fittest man and woman out there standing at the top. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really, really cool. Um, the other little things, I think for the most part, uh, <laughs> that is a small one. Change them back to events. Yes. There you go. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, that'd be a small thing. That'd be a small thing. That would be a big thing. hundred percent. Um, and then I think the, um, I mean like showcase the sports the way they're supposed to be showcased and doing this, like not doing part of events. I don't, I don't agree with that stuff Yeah, at all. Those things. 
What about going back to the old format? Of open, what's the old? call it open semifinals games. Take the quarterfinals um, out. No, I mean I'm am okay with uh, I'm okay with an intermediate with uh, I'm actually I'm really good with an intermediary um, set set in there. It's but just a question a more... I see pop up a few times. No, I mean I think I think it's good to have that. Um, obviously, I think that you know when you are going to do an online qualifier, you need to make sure that you can pick events and movements. I say pick movements that uh, are relatively easy to judge. So you don't have so many issues to to judging, and you still are getting the effect that you want. So you can get people at a live competition for for semis. And I think the other thing would be this, and I, I've said this earlier, is I think that each of the stages need to have a mission statement, mm. so that you can guide each of those event competition stages. I like that with your, you know, with with your uh, lighthouse out there beaming you in. I like uh, Wex's off season pro am competition. Like a pairs competition. Ooh. Maybe Fit have a, uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, you know, a bunch of CrossFit individual athletes. So we get Mark Zuckerberg to come out and do like uh, <laughs> get a world get a world's record in the Murph and you know, on live television. Yeah. I think that how many cool. actual reps actually hit. Yeah, I think it would be honestly like I said simple things to make a, a better season is just tightening everything up. As you said, standards book, someone put in there, the IF3 is like, yes, we should have a a movement in online, online format movement standards guidebook with pictures and videos and a pop-up area for all you guys that can't read like me, Uh, maybe coloring sections. No, all kidding aside, it was like an online movement standards book in in a format of like, these things will only be programmed in online competition and should it's online competition. Like, I don't care yeah. if the open is limited to a hundred movements right? and the quarterfinals to 200, but like just certain things just shouldn't be there. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> just, uh, yeah. Tighten up everything, right? The, even the vernacular, I mean, all joking aside from events and tests and Jeremy is like, you know, you're not making right decisions when people are talking about the wrong things all season. <laughs> right that's a great yeah, this is a great scale yeah 100 <laughs> like what what was the only thing we talked about in the open it was weights uh, misspelling words and shuttle walks yeah right what was the only thing we talked about in quarterfinals it was like judging um V-ups. What does together mean? What does together mean? Like, that's all that was talked about. What is the only thing we talked about during semifinals? Stupid sled. The sled. Slower. <laughs> sled and, and Too many friction coefficients and uh, lane Eight. runner or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, those were the only things we talked about. We did, like, we didn't. We didn't talk about performances. CK guy, that one's fair, Jake. That was a good one. Yeah, that was fair. That was awesome. Right? That was a positive thing that detracted from the competition. But like, like I want to I want to talk about more things. I want to talk about drama. I want to talk about the athletes' performances 
versus things that disrupted the competition. Those little things, uh, semifinals, tests versus events. Like, that's all we talked about. Nothing to do with the incredible things that actually happened during those times. I know. It was so bad. I mean, that, that, I don't mean bad. Sad is what I mean. Yeah. Because there were some amazing races. Dude, I'll tell you what. This, there were some great races at the semis. Some, like, insane <laughs> stuff that went down that was, like, very the athlete. And, like, you could have – there could have been so many great things that were done. But instead, we talk about the, all this other stupid yeah. shit. I don't think people realize how great the North American men were in Event 7. Oh, man. Seriously. Like three or four of the only people in the world to break four minutes yeah. in week one. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> jokingly, did you see that post that uh, Christine did, Dave Castro, about like yeah, my commentary? With, with it was yeah. so great. It was so funny. But at the same time, to be fair, I was right. Right. <laughs> right. Just because nobody did what I said to do, it didn't work out well for them. <laughs> it didn't work out for those that didn't yeah, do it that it way. Doesn't... Like you have to be a Roman Krennikov to pull it off that way. Right. And he didn't pull it off. That's the thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, is like that was amazing. You know, it's like, oh, nobody got the event record. I'm like, no, nobody got the top five best right. times. And this was week one. Yeah. Is you know, like things like that or or uh just Madeira's performance in event six, just like smashing things. Like, you know, we, we didn't talk about that. We talked yeah. about things that were just some out of people's control, regardless, some within people's control if they chose to take control of it. And I think going forward, whether it is a good thing or a bad thing, as far as like taking control of something with a hard stance line of accountability. We'll see. But I think that will be coming. So with that, since we're going to be coming to a close here, I got to ask you, what is your, what is your, uh, element 26 thumb up, <laughs> thumb tape review, thumbs up, thumbs down with Dave coming back in. Uh, thumbs up. Yeah. Any concerns? If I were being completely fair and honest in the situation is, the things that maybe detracted from a larger growth and in, in, in overall, like some of the st stubbornness will dis have dissipated or, or like you said, a step back to take a step forward. Yeah. Um, I have confidence in that, um, but that is a question, right? How, how is Dave going to handle the, the business side of the sport being the head of the sport department and, and how he chooses to, attack that part. Um, those are questions I have. I wouldn't label them as concerns, but ones that are, I, I'm at a wait and see. What about okay. you? Um, I'm two thumbs up and I, I don't, I'm, I don't have those same concerns because I think that, uh, minor, minor questions, questions. Well, I, I don't even have, I don't even have, questions about that because i think that like what dave does when dave gets into whatever his job is here's the thing that guy is the crossfit sweeper he's done everything in crossfit you know mm -hmm. um <laughs> thanks uh so i i have i i'm i think he's gonna do just fine 
I think he's going to do just Oh, fine. I, I do too. And, I, and I'm stoked. I mean, whatever. He will figure out a way to make it work. And I think that that's what's good. Whether it's him doing it. Um, and he, I think, is. I don't want his stubbornness to change. Because if his stubbornness changes, then he won't have the drive that he has to make sure that things get worse. Yes. No, I do not want that to change so, either. Yeah. I think. So there you go, dude. Yeah. But yeah. I'm excited. I'm happy for Dave. Um, I, I know this is. I mean, it, I, he's talked about it in the past, but like, you know, when he got fired and things were just kind of ripped away from him, like that was not a fun time for him. Yeah. And, you know, he, he has mentioned it here and there uh, on podcasts before. And, you know, him being back in charge of the training department was a big deal for him. I think this is an even bigger deal for him. I'm very happy for him. I'm excited to see what we have in five, six weeks coming to the CrossFit Games. I have less worries about how that is going to unfold than anything. Uh, and I'm curious to see how he approaches growing the sport on a global scale and from a business perspective to make this thing that we have, which is the sport of CrossFit, as great, abundant, and engaging as we know and love that it will be, right? Because like this is so much fun. And it changes so many different lives inside and outside of the affiliate. Like it has that power, right? It's, it's our largest mouthpiece that we have for what we do. That's why it's important to have that. Yeah. And for all the people that are saying like, you know, we got to stop focusing on the, like, you know, we need the games. We need the games. Yeah. We need the games. We need, we need the games and we need the affiliates. We need the people that lose 100 pounds. We need the people that get their first pull-up. We need the person that can do 100 pull-ups without stopping. We need to get the fittest on the... I mean, we need... This is what we are. We need all of those pieces. Mm -hmm. So, And I I think what's great is he's worked with all of those pieces. And as he's come back in, look at the pieces that he's been messing with. He's talked to all the affiliates. He's been around, going around. What do you guys need? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Then he went to the EDU. He started talking about that stuff. And then here he is. Thank you very much, Leslie. And then here he is now back to the games. So he kind of has, that's that, um, that's the element across, that's the old school of CrossFit. Yep. You start at the affiliate, you learn your stuff, and then you compete. Yeah. Learn the movement, master the movement, intensity with the movement. Holy shit. You see that? Check that out. That was that's nice. Good. Dang. That, that just was stuck right nice. in there. Wow. wow. Look at you. Wow. And you're right. And, and Wad Zombie's right, and I saw uh, Craig Howard say this too, is like, we need the games to be successful and be the driving force of people to understand and fall in love with CrossFit, the training methodology. We need that. It has to happen. They will grow together. The best growth and success CrossFit has ever seen was simultaneous from the affiliate side with the growth and success and popularity of the CrossFit Games. It was side-by-side, symbiotic. It's both. And so maybe our twist going into this new era with Dave Castro again, we get less of, well, I see the sport of CrossFit, and that's not what CrossFit really is. Like, all right, fine. How do we change that? Maybe that's what we do. Maybe what we do is we grow the sport to help the affiliates. And the more the affiliates are engaged with that, the more everything grows. And it can be hand in hand, not one versus the other. Right. But it all starts with the affiliates. Right. So how can we use the games to serve them? And that's by making it better. 
Nailed it. So there you go, Dave. Go do that. Good luck, Dave. Please. Please, <laughs> Please God. Please. <laughs> uh, all right, gang. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we will uh, be back next week. We need to uh, Jim, old Jimbo. Oh, yeah. Uh, just finished his 365 straight days of hero workouts. You see he like blew his ankle out on the last day. Yeah, dude. What the heck? I mean, Mid-workout. thank goodness it was then and not in the not in like the middle of the year or something. But like, wow, wow. Yeah. Thanks, one zombie. But yeah, we'll we'll get him on the show. We'll talk about his uh, year of hero workouts coming off of his year of doing Murph every day, and now I know his new training uh, goal is to do a ultra marathon. So we will have him on next week. Talk about all that greatness and maybe see what his next training venture is outside of just that ultra marathon. But uh, Dave, welcome back. Bill, good to see you. You too, dude. All you uh, dads out there, hope you had a great Father's Day and you soon to be dads. Uh, jump right in. I'm just kidding. Be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gang. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Later.